What do you think? It's a beautiful story. Kind of silly as well. Um, but it's worth watching. Yeah, I, I love it. Okay, yeah, it's it's a magnificent film. Um, I'd forgotten how much I liked it. Um, yeah, it's really wonderful. I loved it. I look forward to talking about it. Good. Welcome to Till the Movie Does Part, a movie discussion podcast between one married couple in our late days. Ed from Australia who likes watching movies, and Bibi from Colombia who likes arguing about them. We will discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly experiences of our movie-going adventure as a means of breaking down the films that are significant to us to hopefully help avoid breaking up our marriage. Will we succeed? There's only one way to find out. There is a shot nearly half an hour into Ang Lee's masterpiece, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, that caused me to stop breathing momentarily when I first saw the film, way back in January 2001. I was aware that what I was seeing was not real, and yet, just for a moment at least, I also believed I was actually watching someone fly. It is a brief handheld camera move that tracks behind two fighters as they run and jump and fly across the rooftops of 19th century Beijing. It's a relatively minor piece of a much larger, more spectacular fight sequence that involves intricate, balletic fight choreography, sword play and gravity-defying movements. However, to this day, it never fails to astonish me, much like the film itself. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is the story of a master warrior and swordsman, Li Mubai, and the unrequited love between him and another, and another warrior, Xu Lien. The pair is played by Chow Yun-Fat and Michelle Yeoh, and both actors are superb. They bring a dignified gravity to each of their roles, with their subtlest gestures revealing so much about an inner desire they both have but which neither can make themselves acknowledge. Their predicament is contrasted with that of another younger couple, Jen and Lo, who we see meet during an extended flashback in the middle of the film. Their relationship is typified by passion and impulsivity, and it contrasts beautifully with the, adhering, with the aching adherence to honour and tradition by which Li Mubai and Xu Lian abide. This is a film primarily concerned with matters of the heart, and the way in which societal norms tend to interfere within them. The fight scenes, as spectacular as they are, are really just a bonus. But what a bonus they are. There is a poetry and beauty to the fight scenes in this film that I have not experienced before or since, notwithstanding my relative inexperience within the genre. Nevertheless, the artistry on display throughout the fight scenes, and the film in general, is undeniable. Lee and his collaborators create images and soundscapes that are just as breathtaking as the emotions conjured by the script. For me, this is a film that gets better and is more resonant the older that I get. I suspect this is because time is such a crucial theme of the film. Jen and Lo are each in a mad dash to fulfil their dreams and sense of destiny, while Lee Mubai and Xu Lien are content to do what is right, no matter how long it takes. By the end of the film, we and the characters understand that neither approach is correct or incorrect. Rather, it's simply that time has a habit of catching up with you, regardless of your plans, wishes or traditions. All that really matters is whether we have the courage to be true to ourselves. So, um, the other night, we sat down in our couch 
and uh, we watch a movie that I have heard of, but I have never watched. Um, so hang on, you've never watched it, or you've seen bits and pieces of? It? Like I know of the movie, but okay. I never watch it mm. really. And I have to say that um, nowadays that I'm all into Asian soap operas and television and all of that, I found it really interesting and like entertaining. Mm. But if you ask me, maybe, I don't know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, um, probably I will not watch it because it was the kind of movies that I like. Like for me, it wasn't. It wasn't. Mm. Why? Like for me, um, it was more like back then. It was like, you know, the funny type Jackie Chan kind of the movies, and not even those ones. They were my cup of tea. So, so anything with martial arts in it, it was as soon as you saw something with martial arts, you'd be like, "No, I'm out." Well, the thing is that like Asian movies, like. And, and and in general, Asian movies, television, whatever, they are very slow beginning. So like they have to construct all this story and, and, and bring the characters and all of that. And that's not the kind of like, television that I like. I like... But that was in this movie. Like it takes about 20 minutes before you get to the first fight scene. I know. Mm. And it's boring. <laughs> you found like, it boring? No, 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 no. Like, I mean, I'm talking like 15 years ago. Right. So like for me, that was boring. Mm. Like um, so much dialogue and so much, you know, like it's it's pretty heavy in, in certain ways. It's pretty heavy because like they try to really recreate the story. Mm. What do you mean recreate the story? So like when when you tell a story like in your life, mm. you don't tell from that little part. You have to give, you know, like the background. And I think that Asian television in general, they do that. Mm. But it's too explicit. Mm. It's like it's not to the point. They sometimes go to the sideways and, you know, and go and they run around. And, and it could be a little bit... Uh, too slow mm -hmm. but nowadays that i'm so much into asian television why, okay so can you just explain why you are because ever since like the birth of our first son you is it just because that was what's on available on netflix and you've watched everything else or like, what draws you this stuff because i try to sit down and watch some of those soap operas like the korean things that you watch and i can't i can't make it through five minutes of it well, and and that's and that's just not because it's Korean. It's because there's something about the way it's so oh, like melodramatic yeah. and like even just to look at it. <clears throat> we're getting way off topic here because we're talking about one of the great films of the sort of 21st century here. <laughs> so we shouldn't really be talking about these soap operas. But I'm just interested to know why why, especially from someone who doesn't like you know kung fu movies and asian um themed typically sort of um uh, asian entertainments for whatever reason um how you can go from that to really be, yeah, to loving them so much well what happened is that i grew up in latin america yeah and in latin america we have like you can ask anyone 
we have tons of Sogomas, mm. telenovelas. Yeah. And they were amazing until certain time, you know, certain year. Mm. They were incredible, really good stories, engaging, really cool stuff. And then suddenly everything turned into, you know, like a narcos, drugs, guns and killings. And Did that happen that around stuff. the time, like before or after Escobar death? No, 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 like way after. Way after. So what what, what turned it? I don't know, like uh, suddenly it seems like the, the culture is around that. So mm. like, you know, reggaeton mm-hmm. is about that. Um, Gangster rap and stuff. Yeah, so like um, television is about that. Mm. Movies are about that, and they they are boring. Mm. And I found out refreshing this the Asian television because this is still um, it, it could be romantic, mm. it could be um, innocent. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't see anyone like smoking or swearing or like well they drink but it's not like you know like abusive Mm. or like no none of that and also like even if for example they have different races or different for example genders or gender inclination sexual inclinations or whatever like it's not about that they don't make it about that like they can be perfectly uh you know like a a heterosexual with a homosexual talking and there is no a big deal of that rather than television nowadays they do that Mm. like now everything has to do with some sort of tag this one is Asian, this one is black, this one is Latin, this one is gay, this one is straight, this one is this and that, and too many tags. Mm. And like, you know, for example, that show that I was watching, The Bold Type, Mm. it's like they want to include everything. And sometimes it's too much. Mm. The show becomes about that rather than the actual story and characters. Exactly. Mm. So like with Asian soap operas, I found it incredible because it's about the love. It's about these two people that they just found themselves in history and and that's it. And probably if it's like uh, 16 episodes, probably in the 12, they are like touching hands or mm, whatever. So mm. it's not about, not even sexual stuff. Mm. It's about, you know, this romance, this, this kind of things. And they remind me to those soap operas, those telenovelas that I grew up with. Right. So that's why I, and also it's not like too much Kung Fu and all of that. It's not my kind of. Well, that's interesting because I'm starting to understand why you enjoyed Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, because um, although it is ostensibly a, a kung fu film, it's it's a lot more than that. Yeah. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, I, I think um, what, what you've described there is um, part of, probably a big part of, of why the film was such a massive success. It truly was. Like, it was a phenomenon, this film, when it came out. Um you know, I think it made two hundred, three hundred million dollars worldwide. Um, it, and you know, it was the first sort of foreign language film. And when I talk about foreign language, obviously non English speaking film to take the English speaking um, film world by absolute storm. You know, it was up for ten Oscars, ten Oscar nominations. It won four or five of those. 
um, probably unlucky to win, not to win, you know, the main the main um, Oscar. Best picture? Best picture, yeah. It was up against, that was the year that Gladiator won. Oh, okay. So there was Traffic and Gladiator, Erin Brockovich, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and I can't remember what the, the other one was. Um, so, yeah, just incredibly popular. And um, Buzz had been, I, I think the film came out in the Cannes Film Festival that year, 2000. Um, and word of mouth had been spreading sort of online about it for a couple of months before it, it, it debuted there. And then it just took off. Like it went to all the festivals and eventually into the cinemas. And yeah, it just went from there. Um, and I think because not only was it, it had amazing sort of, well, we, we sort Good of face. come to the Kung Fu, but um, underpinning all that was a really compelling, um, two compelling love stories. There was the story of Limu Bai and um, Shu Lien, a Chow Yun Fat and Michelle Yeoh, and then the younger couple. Um, and sort of contra and forget their names. Um, I can't remember their names. Um, Lo was the bloke and Jen. Jen, that's right, Jen, of course. Oh. And contrasting the two, like the the younger couple were, you know, passionate and, and didn't hold anything back and fire and all that sort of stuff, and the older couple were much more reserved and. And sort of what you were talking about, you know, like in those um, soap operas where it takes so long for them just to hold hands, the restraint um, and sort of adhering to tradition that that the uh, older couple demonstrate is what really draws people in. And then, of course, the heartbreak of what happens at the end and, uh, and, and all that sort of stuff. And so then you've got on top of that these kung fu scenes or martial arts scenes. Um, or, uh, there's a name for it. Um, like Wuxia or something like that, that at least uh, like very, very few people in the Western movie-going world had never seen anything like them. But that's interesting because what about like, you know, like Bruce Lee and all those? Yeah, different though. Um, like Bruce Lee, I guess, is probably the first martial arts superstar, mm. again, in the West. Um, there was a few others that sort of came out around the same time or maybe a little bit before or after, like Sonny Chiba and that. But none of them ever really got the the fame and recognition that Bruce Lee did. Um, so he was a bit of a, a, a like, he, he's the grandfather of it. Um, and really, I don't think it was until probably Jackie Chan made it big in the, um, you know, in, in the American market and then, you know, and Jet Li. Well, yeah, but Jet Li became, came after yeah, Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan, like there was Bruce Lee, and there's probably one or two others that that um, uh, followed in his footsteps immediately after. I'm, I'm really, I'm not an expert on this, obviously. But then, um, as far as I could tell, Jackie Chan was the next one, and that, that didn't happen until the sort of mid-'90s. Mm. Um this movie were hilarious. Yeah, and and people were sort of came into it from the sort of fun and and the the amazing uh, sort of um, watching what he was able to do with with making parts of the environment that he was in part of the fight scenes, um, and so that that sort of got people I think interested in this sort of thing. But this Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was just a step above anything else that that had been seen. It was. Not only the the fight sequences themselves were almost balletic, 
you know, Jackie Chan was much more, I mean, Bruce Lee was just a fighter, you know, like he just used his hands and kicks and, and that was it. Jackie Chan incorporated, you know, acrobatics. tools and, and acrobatics and, you know, ladders and props and all sorts of stuff. This again, just sort of took it to another level. Like, um, obviously there's like the, the ninjas and flying, yeah, flying and... and all that sort of stuff, but it was done in such a, um, just an amazing way to look at like it doesn't look fake well no it, it, it sort of does if you look at it objectively like you can tell that it's fake but one because you're sort of drawn into the story that suspension of disbelief comes into it and you just get taken away on it but like when i said that it doesn't look fake is like you know like <laughs> um there are some movies that you know that like for example the blood is fake or that they are flying because you can see the you know mm. the, what is the name the hook that is holding yeah, yeah the, with the wires and stuff exactly but this one like the the effects they were really good mm. yeah yeah they still hold up today mm. um and but the, the way they that they were uh, filmed by the director ang lee and choreographed by yen Wu ping um yeah, it, it's just unlike, I think, well, a lot of films sort of obviously tried to copy it afterward, uh, after it came out in the years sort of um, afterwards, but preceding it, um, again, I'm sure there was a few that came out in, in Asian territories that... Nowadays, is pretty much all about it. Yeah, I know, but before it came out, uh, it was very, very, it was like a, a meteorite hitting the earth. It was really impactful. Um, for, for, you know, for some of the reasons that we try to discuss. So anyway, the reason we chose this one. Okay. What do you want to talk about? No, I was going to do like a pause and like, you know, that we always start the, the episodes talking about like the categories. Mm. So like, I would like to like maybe take that uh, now that we just yeah, yeah, yeah. did this little intro. Mm. And, and what categories do you think it falls to? Well, um, I think pretty much two and a half categories. Two uh, and a half. Yeah. Okay, well, the half comes into it is the one that uh, one has seen the film and the other one hasn't. So I've seen it and you've half seen it. Yeah. So, uh, and that was one of the reasons why I, ch I wanted to watch it because um, even if you had seen it, it seemed as though you couldn't remember it. So it was that category. And then I think the two obvious ones are um, social issues, social importance and uh, relationships. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, the whole film again, you know, it's, um, it's a Kung Fu movie with spectacular fight scenes, but, but the story behind the story behind it, absolutely. Powerful. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, I mean, I think Ang Lee, the director is sort of described the film as, you know, it's not a martial arts film. It's a, a relationship drama that happens to have these sort of fantastical martial arts in it. Hmm. Um, uh, yeah, so they're, they're the categories that this film falls into, falls under for us. Uh, and it's, um, you know, when I think of the film, which I actually haven't often over the last sort of, you know, 10, 15 years. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously I'm, I haven't forgotten about it, but I've just, it hasn't sort of come to uh, my mind all that much. Um, I think it was because it, it came out on, they released a 4K Blu-ray of it. Which I'd be very, very interested in in watching, nah, if and when we it. finally get a 4K <laughs> Blu-ray player and a bigger TV. 
Um, so that got me thinking about it, and I thought, oh, you know, it's it's obviously been a while since we've recorded uh, an episode. Let's do that. And um, <clears throat> certainly wasn't disappointed. It was um, it just as good, probably even better. I enjoyed it more, um, you know, now than, than the last time I watched it, which would have been some time ago. I think that, like, this kind of movies, um, like, yes, they are spectacular for all the fights and all the special effects and everything. But to really understand the, the story behind, you need to be a little bit more mature. Like, mm. if I watched you this need to, movie... Yeah, to appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. If, if I was, like, 20 years yeah. old or something yeah. like that, I would not appreciate the story as mm. much as now. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because I can see the, the, the story with a completely different perspective. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I still remember when I first saw it, I... um. I knew about it and was very keen to see it. And I actually won tickets to go and see it. Oh. Yeah. I was um, still living at mum and dad's place <clears throat> and uh, didn't have a car or anything. So um, I, I just <laughs> remember, I don't know, like 17, 18, something like that. Oh. Um, so I was like, what, 15? 15, 14, something like that. Yeah. Oh. Um, Anyway, so I was just at home one afternoon, went down and picked up the mail and there was this letter addressed to me. Like, oh, okay. What's that? And I uh, opened it up and, um, yeah, I entered a competition in the paper or something to win tickets to see it. And um, they said, oh, congratulations, you won these tickets. And I looked at the date and it was that evening. So I'm like, holy crap. So I ran up and said, oh, I've won these tickets to go and see this movie. Can um, I won two tickets, but, of course, I didn't have a girlfriend or anything at the time. So <laughs> <laughs> ended up, um, I think it was dad drove me into the city <clears throat> to, to go and see it and I have catching the train home. So um, who are you watching with? I went by myself. Oh. oh, but I didn't care because like it was, I just wanted to get in there because it was a chance to see it for free. And um, so, yeah, went in there and, and liked it. I think my expectations were through the roof because I'd read all the online stuff and everyone was just having their mind blown by this thing. And so I enjoyed it, but I wasn't sort of like, I think it was a bit like, you know, what you were talking about before. It was a bit slow. Um, it was like, um, and because I found it a bit slow and honestly, like it was hard to keep track of who the characters were because um, the, I found that, you know, at the start where, um, is it, it's, it's a bodyguard or someone or, or mm-hmm. who chases the two it's, circus it's, performers. It's one of the temple Yeah, the guy dressed guards. in black. Yeah. I thought he was Chow Yun-Fat. I thought he was Lee Mu Bai um, when I first saw it because he looks very, very similar to... Really? Well, I thought he did when I first watched it. So I, I was a bit confused. And then, again, I was a bit thrown in the middle of the film where they just go into this flashback into the desert, even though I enjoyed it. I was like, what's, you know... So it, it took me a while to, to really appreciate how good the film was. And certainly on that, that initial viewing, I was um, I enjoyed it, but I didn't. I wasn't blown away by it as much as I thought I was going to be. So somewhat disappointing. Um, but then, you know, I've watched it and re-watched it over the years. And the more I watch it, the, the, the more I realise how good it is and what it's trying to say and how deep it is um, in terms of, you know the the um, 
the importance of traditions, but at the same time, the, sometimes the costs and the um, the consequences of adhering too rigidly to tradition. Yeah, and I think that's one of the main points or the pinpoints mm. that I I wanted to talk tonight because. Um, Sometimes, sometimes um, we are too strict with our thoughts, our beliefs, our traditions. But how, like, what is the fine line between following all this stuff, you know, and letting your happiness go? Mm. So, like, in this case, with the older couple, like you can see the love in how they talk each other how they you know they look at each other how they treat it like you can sense it you can feel it it's actually there's some parts that are just watching at this time um they're almost erotic like there's there's this scene where um Lee Mu Bai is doing his practicing his swordplay and Shu Lian Michelle Yeoh is just standing sort of back watching him and there's a shot of her just sort of close up in her face watching him and the look on her face is just she is like turned on <laughs> well, by watching him play with that sword well the thing is that when you are like madly in love with someone mm. like even the simple stuff of you know like hearing his step mm -hmm. you know like you can even recognize that mm. someone walks and you know that is that person you can feel it you yeah. can sense it and then you get that you know feeling the yeah, tightness in and, the chest and and and, and, and you know shivers yep. and 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 your and your heart race and the butterflies and yep. like all of that happens you sweat you it's crazy mm. but then having that much like that feeling for someone and just repress it mm. is so sad it's absolutely yeah. so sad and actually uh, and i'm sorry if 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 the people that is listening to us haven't watched the movie but seeing that end the guy dying mm. it's like seriously but that's the point no yes i know like that's the tragic of the situation mm the tragedy but it's like there are some and and especially back then when everything was so traditional and so you know like um appearances and culture and like what people are going to say and mm -hmm. gossips and whatever so many dead so many loves die in 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 such a horrible way yeah and it's like sad it's really sad mm -hmm. because when you die like none of that gossip, none of those traditions, none of those rules, nothing of that is going to go with you to the grave, mm. except for your experiences, your memories, and your feelings. And if you don't live up to those, then what is the purpose of life, mm. of living? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of um, the um, Stanley Kubrick film, Barry Lyndon. Um, I'm not sure that it's, a, I'd like to do it for the podcast. I'm not sure that you'd be able to stick with it, but anyway, um, it, it ends on this, uh, little epilogue and this card comes up on the screen and it's something like, um, it was in the reign of George, whatever, 
um, that the aforesaid personages or people um, lived and quarrelled, um, good or bad, handsome or ugly, rich or poor, they are all equal now. And it is it is such a succinct, perfectly encapsulating little uh, sort of um, sort of uh, finalization. Um, I don't even know what the word is that I want to use, but it just encapsulates perfectly the absurdity of of a lot of human um, experience and the way and civilization and the way we've set things up for ourselves about how you know it doesn't it honestly doesn't matter hundred years from now none of what you do in all likelihood is really going to matter because you're going to be dead you know. But then it, we come back to the same part of what we were talking at the beginning. You know, like nowadays, all these shows are with so many tasks and so many mm. issues and so many stuff. But they forget the most important part, the humanity. Mm. You know, that every single person, doesn't matter if it's tall, short, fat, thin, rich, whatever. All of us, we have these emotions, these feelings, these situations that happen to us. No matter the whatever tag we have, all of that happened to us, mm. and 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 these kind of shows should be about that, not about how much money do you have or what is your status or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, um, it's 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 actually a really good tag. That one, uh, not tag, um, quote. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, really, really brilliant. I guess that sort of covers the uh, the relationships side of things. Was there any particular social issues you wanted to talk about or did you want to talk about um, um, the characters a bit more? Or? Well, I was reading a little bit, you know, like um, fun facts mm. or like uh, um, something curious about the movie. And it says that Aunt Lee... Uh, she... Ang Lee. Ang That's Lee. the director. Okay. He's a man. Oh, okay. So he... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, he made an adaptation of the um, of the novel Jane Austen novel Sense and Sensibility. Mm, that's the one with Emma Thompson. Okay. Um, and Michelle Jones said that um, you know, Crunching Tiger and Hidden Dragon was the Sense and Sensibility with martial arts. Mm. And it's interesting because it is. Mm. Like there are two stories, the young and the old, the these uh, rules, the society. Yep. Uh, like I just, it was like, yeah, actually, it is mm. just you know, different, different um, like times, but and different places, but again, same issues, same issues. Yep, and what we just what we were talking just now mm. like if we reduce like situations to the human itself like it's those feelings those emotions that really we should be talking about yeah oh that i mean he's such an interesting filmmaker angley like he um it just got such a varied sort of filmography um what else have he done um well he his first big um like hollywood production was sense and sensibility 
Um, and then he did, I believe, The Ice Storm. That's that movie that I showed you that I'd, I'd like to do for this podcast as well. Okay. Uh, then he did like a neo-Western called Ride with the Devil. Um, and then I think he did Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And the movie he did after Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was Hulk. The one what? That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? With Eric Barner. Yep. He did the Hulk movie. Okay. Um, and then he did, like, he did Life of Pi. Okay. Yep. He did Brokeback Mountain. Ugh. He, um, which is a, I actually, I would like to do that for this podcast. It's, it's a very, very good film. No, that broke my heart. Yeah, but it, like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's such a, an incredible film. And Heath Ledger is, yeah, anyway, is extraordinary. So, um, he did Brokeback Mountain, and last couple of years he did a nut. He went back to Hong Kong, I think, uh, or maybe back to China. I'm, I'm not sure to do another film um, around in the sort of late 2010 or late 2000s or early 2010s, I think, called Lust Caution. And I haven't seen it, and I, I really, really want to see it. I'm finding it very difficult to find anywhere. Oh, maybe we, it's in one of my streaming programs. Oh, I should have a look for it because I'd really like to watch it. Um, but more recent, like he did Gemini Man, that Will Smith movie we watched the other day. Ugh. Yeah, he did that. Was he? Yeah. Oh, gosh. And then he did another film um, called Billy Lynn's Halftime Walk, um, which was just a, a monumental box office bomb. Um He's, he seems to have become very interested in technology and sort of high frame rates for his cameras. And I'm not, I'm not actually sure what, what's going on with him. But the last few films, the last couple of films he's made have not been, they've been interesting sort of curiosities rather than really outstanding films. Um, Do you think that there is a time when these directors, they just, they have done so much incredible stuff that they just like they just do stuff because it's interesting but no because it's actually really good yeah i don't know it's um it's pretty rare that you you get a filmmaker who uh, maintains a level of of excellence throughout their career uh it like it it can happen like quentin tarantino like he's he's made a one or two um not great films or well enough in fairness like only one terrible film the rest have been at least very good no sorry he's made two films that i really didn't like um <laughs> but the rest have been at, at the very least very good um yeah I, it, it's interesting because he's talking about retiring after he makes his 10th film which is the next one cool tarantino oh, okay yeah because he he doesn't want to be like a lot of the filmmakers that he idolizes or did idolize, you know, um, had one or two or a handful of really, really good films or films that he thought were really good and then just sort of petered out. And whether it happens because, you know, you lose your touch or you lose your ability or your interest or it all just gets too much dealing in the, in the, in the system. Um, I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, it's 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 interesting that people who make, you know, um, a film that can be so good can also... I mean, no one sets out to make a bad film. No one, obviously. But 
there's a lot more bad films than there are good films. Mm, so I think um, it's easy to fall into the trap of, of being overly critical of, of a filmmaker who may have made one or two or even more really good films when they make a bad film because it's 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 bound to happen. Um, you know, I'm sure there's, um, like even Stanley Kubrick, some would argue that he made some, some pretty bad films. Um, I don't, but <laughs> a lot of people would probably point to one or two of his films and say, you know, even he made a, this one, which is garbage or whatever. But maybe that's also in the eye of the beholder. Of course, yeah, like, it absolutely is. Again, that's art. Yeah, yeah, and art 100%. Is not for everyone. Yeah, well, you might have just answered your own question. I mean, um, you know, it doesn't matter what the story is or what the motivation is. If someone makes a film, I think it's fair to assume that there was some motivating factor behind making that story and that film in the way that they made it. Um, I mean, you know, most directors are pretty reluctant to talk about their motivations um, when, when about their own filmmaking. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's but it's just Ang Lee's interesting in this case because he's made he's got such a wide sort of variety of films, and for most of them, there's such a, an emphasis on on emotion and heart and human feeling and experience. And then there is Hulk. <laughs> well, uh, no, Hulk is a good film. Okay. It's very it's it doesn't have a good reputation, but. Um, it's it's very strange and it's a lot there's a a lot of stuff in there that's pretty bad but the actual filmmaking of it is incredible and um the it's it's pretty ambitious in terms of of what it wants to say about um um you know the character of bruce banner and um there's a whole thing with um, Nick Nolte as Bruce Banner's father, and it's like this Greek sort of tragedy almost. Um, it's it's a very very interesting film, but the the filmmaking of it, it, it to me, it is the closest thing of having a, a comic book come to a, a movie screen. The way like you know, the shots turn into into panels of comic books. And then flip into the neck. It's it's incredible to watch. It really, really is. Uh, and and that that's you know that would have been his vision. And uh, uh, yeah, but like to have all to have such um, uh, philosophical and emotional underpinnings to all these films, then to come into the last two that are really not good. Okay. Well, I mean, Billy Lynn, um, it's it sort of got that, but it's. Um, it, it sort of seemed to be more about the fact that Ang Lee had, you know, got, had access to this new um, film camera that allowed him to to shoot film at a 150 fra 120 frames per second. Um, and the same with Gemini Man. He seems to have, for whatever reason, become oh, much very that, preoccupied with the technology. But that Gemini was. It was not good. It was really not good. Like, it like the only good thing that was in that movie was that it was shot in Cartagena, yeah. Colombia, yeah, and yeah. actually didn't talk about narcos and drugs and whatever. Mm. But apart from that, that movie was yeah. Like anyway, so we sort of go off topic again. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about the younger couple. Yep. So like in this movie, there are two love stories. Mm. Not so much about two love stories, but like two love perspectives. Mm. 
or situations mm. to women loving um, one loving a man but also loving tradition and other loving a man but also loving freedom I'd, I'd argue there's a third but we'll come to that okay mm. um, so well let's talk about that no no let's let's talk about the two main couples because they're the um, all the contrast between the two couples I mean we've already spoken a bit about you know what um, sort of is emblematic of, of the older couple Limu Bai and, and Shulian it's that restraint and the dedication to tradition and upholding the the commitment that you know um like a commitment that they made to the friend that is no, it wasn't dead. the friend it was the brother it was Limu Bai's brother uh, and the fiance yeah so Shulian was Limu Bai's brother's fiance and then he was killed in battle or something. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They weren't brothers. They were like brothers. He considered him a brother. So they were friends. Yeah, but more yeah, than like, that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they were not like blood and flesh. I need to double check that, actually. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so, you know, there was that contrasted with, the uh, you know, just um, the, the um, determination to live a Jen's determination to live her life according to the what she wanted to do and how she wanted to live. Yeah, but like again, you see that into the and, and saying this makes me feel so old about that. Is like that's the rush of being young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like when you are young, and not because I'm too old, but when you are young, you like you want to eat the world with mm. one bite mm -hmm. like you can do anything you are tired you know like you don't get tired um you just focus yourself you don't in yourself <laughs> yeah in yourself and nothing else matters yeah you know mm. like you are free in certain ways to go wherever and but it's not only that it's also the fact that she's not prepared um to let anyone step over her and that's why she goes after Lo in the first place. Is that his name, Lo? Hey, whatever know. his name is. Uh, <laughs> I actually didn't that like guy, that that actor. That he, guy. Yeah, he was disappointed. But anyway. Um, but the point is that, like in Jude, in Jude, there is also this. Um, what is the name of that? You know, like oh, uh, I'm not going to invincibility. Play. Yeah. And when you grow old, you understand that like life can take you in so many ways and can move you and like decisions. And we go to like one of the laws of physics for every action, there is a reaction. Uh -huh. Every misstep, every decision that you make, it's going to take you somewhere. And you need to be prepared for for to take responsibility for those mm. for that mm -hmm. so with this girl yeah she was strong yes she learned she pretty much learned by herself how to do all these amazing stuff you know like martial arts and all of that but in the in her way to do all of that um she used the 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 institutrice, the, what is the name? The the nana, the the the, the woman, the, the the woman, that that lady, the, Jade the, Fox, the fox, the whatever. She used her, um, 
And at the end, she was like lonely. Mm. You know, like she didn't really connect with anyone because she was so focused on her goal that she was lonely. She was by herself, not the nana, not the guy. She didn't have any attachments. So like we go from one story that is all about love and passion and and feelings and emotions and these two people that want to be together, but because of whatever, they are not together. And then we go to this one that things are happening to her. You know, this guy is falling in love with her. The Nana wanted her at the end, wanted to kill her. But anyway, you know. But still, she's like, no, that's not what I want. I want to be this. And then you, 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 it make me think, well, when is going to stop? And when she stop, then what, what is going to happen? She's going to have regrets. Maybe think back and say, ah, oh, when I had this, you know, and that's that. Yeah, but I mean, that's, um, again, like, you, you don't know what's going to happen, you know. Um, she may, like, life can change. And Get you, tired of kicking us? <laughs> yeah, probably not her, but you, you don't know. Um, but the thing is that back in that time, you know, like, it wasn't just one country or one village thinking like that. It was the whole world. Mm. Wherever she go that was the status quo for everyone you know like even if she went out of china like the situations for women in china in europe in africa in wherever it was exactly the same mm. so like eventually these traditions and this society and everything they catch up to her exactly yeah but she doesn't know that she doesn't care and and that's I think that is the point of the film. Like it's, um, you know, you can be told that um, you uh, you have to sort of conform, and even if you don't try and sort of live the live your life the way you should, if you if you just do whatever you want, uh, it's going to come back to bite you. You can be told that a million times, and if you're that sort of personality, and if you're that age that almost just motiv motivates you to continue to to do what you want to do and not be influenced by anyone else it's almost like with kids like don't play with fire because you're going to get burned yeah, yeah. don't play with fire because you're going to get burned. yeah don't play with and then you get burned. so it's something that i think and that i think is the point of of what um the filmmakers were trying to say in, in that aspect just that's that's human nature you know and sometimes we have to experience uh tragedy or loss or some sort of consequence to us for us to actually really understand you know um that yeah it's important to have goals and it's important to um uh want to do things on your own and achieve you know success on your own that is important but it's also important to, you know, uh, moderate yourself a little bit. And there are benefits to um, uh, restraint, but there's also consequences of that as well. You know, it, it just, it's about the whole gamut of things. I feel like, I feel, 
beyond beyond restraining yourself and modifying yourself and everything is how you take things mm. you know like you can live your life with bitterness with sorrows with vengeance thirst or whatever or you can live your life with taking the best of what comes and and just move on mm. yeah and and this reminds me for example that lady fox mm. that she was living her life through bitterness mm-hmm. you know like yep. she fell in love of this guy a master and she ended up killing him because he used her and then after that she just went wrong mm. you know and it's like what is the purpose of life if you don't live the best version of your life and the best version is not you know taking oh i'm going to revenge and i'm going to do this no that doesn't give you anything Mm. like it will be so much better for that lady like i should point out at this point that that's that that was not the third one yet okay yeah um it will be so much better for that lady if she just let it go. Like she killed him, um, but like let him go and just you know live her life. Mm. Yeah, but it's interesting because I think what's important about that Jade Fox character is that she, uh, like, she's bitter and um, resentful for a reason because you know she. Um, Jen describes Wudan Mountain, that that place where Li Mubai was trained and, and and all that, as a whorehouse. You know, so the 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 word from on high from Wudan Mountain is, you know, if you go there, um, you get to to train from the masters and be a master martial artist. But unsaid is that, yeah, that can happen if you're a man, if you're a woman you're probably going to get treated the way that Jade Fox was treated. She went there with the aim of being a warrior, becoming a warrior and learning from masters. But it would appear, the movie doesn't go into it in any detail, but it would appear that she was just treated like a, uh, you know, a, a whore, a hooker. And she hated, she grew to hate these men for that. And she apparently made it her mission to, um, kill them all yeah exactly and and but but that's i think that's a really important part of the film that is is sort of left there like they don't explore they give you enough to sort of make you think about it and to have you have it in the back of your mind because even though lee mubai is a very honorable man and um he's a, a force for good there's an element there of of badness because of the way that not 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 in him, but in in the forces that shaped him. Well, yeah, but yes, like we can see that nowadays, because we have seen like all this history, mm-hmm. and we come up, we come with these ideas of change, mm-hmm. which are good. Mm-hmm. You know, like now women are equal to men, not just like um a key ring to have in the house, mm. just cleaning and doing kitchen and whatever. Mm. So, but back in that time, and we come back to the same issue, back in that time, it wasn't just China. 
it was in Korea. Mm -hmm. It was like remember that episode that we talk about the newlyweds that they had someone underneath the bed mm -hmm. checking if mm -hmm. the woman was virgin, mm -hmm. not the man, the woman. Mm -hmm. The man could have you know so many experiences, mm -hmm. but the woman had to be virgin. So like it was the like I'm not saying that that was good by any means, but we can we can understand that how bad it was nowadays. But back then, like for her was bad and she hated and she took revenge on that. But if she came, if, if she went to her house to talk with her mom, said, mom, I went to this mountain and I wanted to be a warrior. The mom will say, what are you talking about? What warrior? Go to the kitchen, you know? Because it was the mentality, it was the culture, and that's the point. Yeah, but I don't understand what you're trying to say about what the film is saying. No, no, no. The film, no, I'm not talking about the film. I'm talking about, like, in general. I'm saying that, like, it's your decision whether you live the best version of your life mm. or not. Mm. And I'm talking in general with human beings, yeah. you know? Like people and society are going to try to do the worst because unfortunately that's human nature yep. you know do the worst but well, hang on no not everyone i mean more but like remember for example um like yes the other day we were talking we were watching those castles and you know like the tortures mm. and like horrible tortures mm. and they came from you know like religion and all of that so like humanity in in history they never been you know like always good on the contrary they you can see the good because pretty much everything is bad mm. you know yeah sure. so like my point is you is 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 in in your power, you cannot change the world. That's not your power, but you can change you and the course that you take in your life. You can decide to turn into vengeance and angerness and bitterness and all of that. Or you can choose to like, yes, this sucks, but I'm going to do something different. Mm. I'm going to learn maybe with uh, another master. Like I don't like I cannot go there, but maybe I can find someone else. I, I, I can find another option. But if you are going to be stubborn to get into that hole and be treated like a hole and still get bitter for that, well, remember that that was your decision, mm. you know, to be there. No one, no one actually took you there. That was your decision. Mm. So it's your decision to get out of that and say, no, that's what, that's not worth it. And that's sort of what, I guess, what happens at the end with um, Jen and, and Shulian when um, after Limu Bai dies and she, Shulian goes over to Jen with the sword and whoosh, and goes down with the sword to her neck, but she stops. And then she tells her to, you know, basically go and go live, and live, live, a, yeah, live, live your, your best life. life. Yeah. But her choice is to, to go up and, and try and – it gets a bit metaphorical then when she jumps off the mountain and sort of floats away. Not really. I think she falls falls down the mountain and kills herself. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, metaphorically, it's it's um, it sort of makes sense. 
yeah it's like and and that was the point you know like this woman lost her fiance lost the love of her life mm. after losing so much time because everyone everyone knew that they were in love the the maid the the master everyone mm. everyone it was like come on come on like go you know like we allow you this like yeah. we are giving you our blessing and still they couldn't do it they couldn't do it and, and that's what's such a good line where I think the old fella says um, uh, when he's talking about the ridiculousness of that situation, he's saying even the greatest warriors can be cowards when it comes to emotions or something like that. And it's such a brilliant line because it's so true. You know, people who can seem as though they've got everything together and they're so with it. And at the end of the day, if they um, they they get nervous about revealing their true feelings, and I think that's a universal theme. It's very very uh, important so we've gone pretty deep and meaningful about it and and it's valid because it's a deep and meaningful film but um i just want to talk a little bit about the, the fights because they are truly pretty astonishing and technically they're amazing um they're, they're just to look at um but also just to sort of consider the the effort and the the skill and expertise that um must have gone into to making it happen i just think it's it's amazing to to uh, to think about i mean when you watch it were you sort of particularly blown away or not did you find them interesting or riveting or? not really really they were like like the, i can see the special effects and you know like all of that but I see when we watched it the other night i was i had the headphones on and you were just watching the tv I, the, we, I think we need to buy another pair of headphones because those headphones, it was awesome because the soundtrack, the music is so good. Um, and you, you hear like, like all, all the little, the, the noises, movements. the movements and, um, but the thing is that like, again, I come back to what I said before, like, this is not the kind of television that I like. Yes, nowadays I'm more into um, Asian television and all of that, but it still is like telenovelas. But like all these fantasy uh, movies, because they are nowadays, there are so many uh, programs and shows and movies with all this kind of stuff. Mm. And it still is not my cup of tea. Okay. Well, um, the the fights in this film were choreographed by a guy called Yen Wu Ping, who I um, I don't know that much about other than his um, sort of um, big calling card, at least in terms of Hollywood. It, like he, he's an absolute master. He's been doing it for decades, but he first came to Hollywood notice, I think, when uh, he was the fight choreographer on the first Matrix film. Uh, that's certainly the first time I, I ever heard about him. Um, but, you know, before that, absolute master over in, again, I probably should have, you know, done a bit of research, but in terms of exactly which which country he's from and, uh, and the films that he um, was involved in, but considered an absolute master of, of martial arts and fight choreography. And he did the, the like I said, the choreography for the Matrix film, oh. the first Matrix and, and its sequels um and then after that i think he 
you know, was basically the go-to guy for this sort of, became the go-to guy for, for this sort of thing, you know, uh, with the, within the context of that after the matrix and crouching tiger, hidden dragon, these sorts of films involving this sort of choreography and fight work became much more popular. And so there was much more opportunity for him to, to work. And I think he did the start, the uh, fight stuff in, um, in Kill Bill. Okay. Um, and, and then, you know, quite a few others. So, um, it, <clears throat> it was certainly, um, very, 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 um, trendsetting and, uh, and influential in terms of introducing this sort of, um, these sequences, uh, into, into, into Western movie, movie going anyway. What about them, the actors? Because they are quite renowned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the, the two older actors, uh, uh, Chow Yun-Fat and, um, Michelle Yeoh, again, very, very well regarded, um, you know, quite famous, um, Asian, uh, actors. Um, Chan Yun Fat certainly came to prominence in um, in ho Hollywood circles, I believe, in the early to mid '90s. He starred in a um, a couple of films uh, that John Woo made. Um, again, before John Woo came over to Hollywood, that were very, very well regarded and influential, sort of. Uh, crime films and action films, um, what they call hard boiled and uh, the killer, and he he was the uh, pretty sure he was the star of both of those, and um, since those films, very 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 charismatic, uh, really good action action leading charisma and physicality. Um, and so since those uh, films sort of, you know, got picked up, like Quentin Tarantino loves those films, and I think he was responsible for really, um, you know, getting them well-known in, um, in, in Hollywood, uh, sort of, um, you know, in the Hollywood scene. Um, and so since those films came out, that you know, they, they were trying to find him sort of movies to, to do in, in, uh, in Hollywood and, you know, they weren't very good. There was, um, well, I think one was called the corrupter and, um, the, oh, I can't, I can't remember the films. He was even, I think in 1999, he starred in a remake of the King and I with Jodie Foster. And it was supposed to be this grand romantic historical epic. And was he? Yeah. It no, just, it wasn't him. It was him, Vivi. It was him and Jodie Foster. No, it was. Uh, that I was will the, bet you a million bucks. That was the guy from from the from the John Glombanda movies. Hmm? Tom Paul. Oh, I, Vivi. <laughs> Jesus. I will bet you 20 bucks. It was Chow Yun Fat and Jodie Foster, mm. which is just an absolutely bizarre pairing. Anyway. Uh, I think it was after that film that he made Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, it sort of cemented his role as, or his position as, you know, one of the premier uh, Asian uh, action heroes of, you know, in, in many, many decades. I praise, yes. I told you it was him. Okay. Yeah, so uh, not a good film, The King and I. But uh, anyway, he, uh, he... He was in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, uh, was he? 
Yeah, so after uh, after Crouching Tiger, Dra- Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, he um, he made the odd Hollywood film, but he sort of seems to have, um, uh, you know, not 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 as been as prolific as perhaps uh, was thought he was going to be, but still, you know, uh, his his place in in sort of cinematic history, I think, is is pretty well uh, assured. Michelle Yeoh, um, she's different. She's been in the Mummy. Yeah. Last Christmas. She, she um, the specialist. Yeah, she. she uh, me, uh, memoirs of a geisha. Memoirs of a geisha. Yeah, I actually. The World of Seven. Yeah, well, see, that's what I wanted to talk about. I didn't even know who she was, um, before she was in Tomorrow Never Dies. Um, again, very well regarded, um, in you know, in her homeland and and in the movies that she made there. And her big break was starring in Tomorrow Never Dies. And um, I found her to be one of the most annoying screen presences in that film I've, I've ever sort of experienced. I, I I actually can't watch that film because she I find her to be so annoying in it. But annoying how? She just, I, it's the way she acts, what she says and how she says it, like, She's trying to be this, the character is supposed to be this sort of, um, like, fun, super cool, nothing phases her um, sort of, you know, secret agent, Asian secret agent, you know, sort of like a counterpart to Bond. Um, And I don't know whether it's because she was sort of having difficulty um, speaking in an English-speaking role or something, but there's just something off with the way she is acting and interacting um, with with the other actors and stuff. Like, to compare her performance in A Tomorrow Never Dies to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, it's like they might as well be two different people. She's so good in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. She is amazing to look at. She's amazing to watch. You feel like she communicates so much by doing, like she's doing a lot, but it's so subtle, her acting. It, it's it's a wonderful performance. She's so good in it. And then you see her in Tomorrow Never Dies. And like she, there, there's a sequence where they, um, they're riding on a motorbike through Bangkok or something. And um, she's making all these like, oh, ah, whoa, all these stupid noises as she goes over bumps <laughs> on the bike. And Seriously? oh, it's so annoying. <laughs> and then there's like, there's this part at the end when they're having a shootout with the bad guys. And it's unbelievable. There's this one part where she's shooting a gun. Like she's not doing any kung fu moves, but she comes around the corner shooting a gun. And she does this like that while she's shooting a gun. It's just, but she does. It doesn't do it once. She does it twice. She goes "hyor" and "hyor" with the gun, <laughs> and I hate it so much. It's so annoying. I, it drives me nuts. Okay. So, um, yeah, when talking I talking about emotions, <laughs> oh, for, it really just grates on me for some reason. Anyway, um, so yeah, to 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 watch. A feel like a performance like that, and and a film like Tomorrow Never Dies, which is really pretty bad, and then comparing it to to what she does in Crouching Tiger, it's it's amazing. Um, I actually haven't seen her in too much more. Um, like like we were saying, she's she's had a really good career and done a lot of different things, uh, but I just haven't seen her seen her that much. Um, 
I'm trying to place her in, in the um, in the geisha. Oh, movie, I never saw it. But, but well, um, Jen was in Memoirs of, of a Geisha as well. She was the geisha, no? I, I think so. I've never seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Well, maybe that's another one that we can do. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> anyway, so and so there was those two. They're the main, the old two, and then the young couple. I don't want to talk about the young guy because he. I find him to be very, very. Like he's supposed to be this um, fearsome desert warrior who's got this tribe. He wasn't. Oh, he's this little piss ant that's got a, a weak voice and a yeah, very bad casting. Um, but the Zhang Zi, I think I don't know how you pronounce it. She, uh, this film, the, Jen. Uh, okay. She was an unknown, I believe, when she got this film, and it just whoosh, she rocketed to superstardom off the back of it. Understandably so. She's very, very magnetic in, in the film. Mm. Um, she was in uh, Rush Hour 2, I think, wasn't she? She was the bad girl in that. Mm. Didn't you just watch that the other day with the boys? Yeah. but yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's, yeah, um, pretty good uh, pretty good cast. Three out of four ain't bad. Um, and... Don't know enough about their careers to say that it's it's their highlight, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Probably not Chow Yun Fat, but there's a fair chance that for the ladies, it's um, certainly one of the, uh, the career highlights. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I think we've sort of covered yeah, I think, everything we want to talk about. I, I think we, we, we don't have much to say about this movie. Much more, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's... Uh, it, it is, it's not a film I return to that often, but um, uh, every time I watch it, I feel, uh, yeah, it's, it's very, very, um, not inspi inspiring is not the right word. It's, it really makes you feel and makes you think about, you know, about things, um, about how you're, not about how you're living your life, but, you know, um, the different paths your life can take depending on the choices that you make um, and the importance of, you know, being true to yourself but also being aware that no matter what you do, there's going to be consequences. So you just try and muddle your way through as best you can. Um, try to live your life the best version that you can. Yeah, exactly. I think you hit the nail on the head there. So, <laughs> yeah, glad we got to, to watch it and talk about it. Okay. Well, um... at the like, I just want to say now, at the end of every episode, I feel that I say, now you know we're going to really sort of make a better effort and um, to get the next one up. So we, we've got. It. A, I know. I'm not going to. I just wanted to put it on paper that we try our hardest to uh, to to get these done, but uh, it's um, yeah, it's a bit hit and miss at the moment. But you know, we'll uh, we'll see how we go. It's not like we are, you know, like 20-year-old living in parents' house, doing nothing. Like, we are parents, mm. working parents. Mm. And that's a lot. Yeah, no, I understand that. But, you know, anyway. Anyway. So, um, well, this is it. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we hope you like it. Yeah. Oh, um, I think anyone who... Um, uh, anyone who's listened to this certainly would have um, would have seen the film, and um, if uh, you know, yeah, if, if in the off chance that you haven't, um, check it out. It's very well worth it. Yeah, and <clears throat> I just want to tell also that we are thinking in opening an Instagram account, 
so like we can make like a little bit of um I don't know, like leave like what the episodes were about and like talk a little bit, tiny bit about the movies and stuff. Mm, see how we go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. See you well, next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.